Were you allowed on the top bunk when you were a kid? Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today I want to take a quick look at the paediatric Lisfranc injury. The Lisfranc injury is one of those injuries in which we become very aware in urgent care and fear missing. It's a classic pitfall injury for an urgent care clinician and it's highly likely to present through our clinics. There are analogies with scaphoid injuries in that, in most cases, the injury does not see the patient head straight to hospital, and in both cases can be easily written off as a sprain. Obvious fractures of the scaphoid, or unmissable Lisfranc fracture dislocations, are not the norm, with most that present through our clinics being subtle and require a combination of good history taking, thorough examination and appropriate imaging all tied together with a healthy dose of suspicion. Missing a Lisfranc, like with a scaphoid, can create long-term problems for your patient, so we are all hopefully aware of making sure that we do not miss them. Now the reason I got to thinking about Lisfrancs recently is because of a paper I stumbled across in the Journal of Children's Orthopaedics from May of this year. It's authored by Samuel Pack, Michelle Moe and Grant Hogue, and is out of the Harvard Medical School and it's titled Treatment of Paediatric Lisfranc Injuries, A Systematic Review and Introduction of a Novel Treatment Algorithm. It's open access, and the link is in the show notes if you're interested in reading it through fully. Now, the management of a Lisfranc injury in an adult or a child falls under the remit of an orthopaedic surgeon. It's something we should be diagnosing in urgent care, but orthopods need to be making the management decisions. While this paper may be aimed at the surgeon, it's worth a read for us in urgent care. And these are my main take-home points. Firstly, as the paper states at the start, the Lisfranc injury in kids is rare, and they reported a scarcity of published literature. So my first take-home was that, well, kids can get Lisfrancs, and they are rare, and we should be thinking about them. I have found a paper from 1981 by Johnson that names it the bunk bed fracture. A fall from height resulting in a flexion of the midfoot results in the injury, and that can be shown as a subtle buckling on x-ray in the Lisfranc region. So our index of suspicion should be high if we see that mechanism of injury, and also we must look closely for any subtle bone irregularities and not consider a subtle buckling to be a stable injury in that region. Now it seems that we should be looking for the same symptoms and signs as in an adult. So midfoot pain, swelling, plantar bruising, difficulty weight-bearing, and as in adults we should be getting weight-bearing x-ray views. The authors have created an algorithm for diagnosing and treating Lisfranks in kids, and this is worth looking at too for us. It does mainly focus on the orthopaedic decision to surgically or conservatively manage the patient, but I think the important section for us is the use of higher imaging for unclear cases. This is where we need to be thinking that if it looks like a duck, then it could be a duck, and refer it on for our orthopaedic colleagues to review if we have any suspicions clinically. And much like the scaphoid, go on what your gut tells you based on your history and your exam. 
So reading this paper has certainly brought this rare injury back to the front of my mind, and is the classic injury that we might miss in urgent care if we're not allowing ourselves to consider it. So in kids with the right mechanism of injury, symptoms and signs suggesting the Lisfranc is injured, we must have a high index of suspicion and watch very closely, probably ideally with the input of your local orthopaedic service. And we must also be looking for any subtle bony injuries in that Lisfranc injury and never chalking them up as just a simple buckle. So check out the paper, linked in the show notes, and I've also linked to the 1981 bunk bed paper, but that is only an abstract. Now, if you have any comments, questions, corrections, or suggestions, email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz. And we'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then. But for now, thanks for listening.